0: I'm Luke, and for, if we've not met, uh, married to Hannah, and um, and oh no, something always falls off this thing when I talk at G2. It was a it was a laptop last time, so that, it's a you know kind of coke bottle full of water is a better option. Um, two boys, uh, and you'll probably see them running around. Uh, Morgan and Aaron. I've borrowed the family iPad with a bomb-proof case on it, for exactly that reason. Last time, uh, the Mac. Fell on the floor and it had a dent on it afterwards. So that's a bit about me. That's uh, that's a bit what our family looks like. Except our family looks a little bit different now. We've got a new member of it. If we can have the first slide on, this is the new member of our family. That's Joey, uh, and she at the time there she was eight weeks old. She's she's about sixteen weeks old now, and um, she is uh, defecating everywhere. So. Uh, giving us lots of lovely jobs to do now when we first got her she just scurried around like an absolute crazy thing and uh, so probably it was within the first few hours I think we kind of got her out of the little crate that I brought her in uh, and she and then we we're kind of oh where's she gone oh she's under the table so we're in that sort of zone there she where's she gone she's under the sofa in the kitchen pulled her out and then we're going where's she no, seriously, where is she? <laughs> and we've lost this dog like two hours in, two hours in or something like that to having this dog. Where is she? She's got to be somewhere. And then we're like, no, seriously, we, we have no idea. We've looked all the obvious places. We've checked upstairs, but even though the door to upstairs was shut, so we're thinking there's no way she got through there. She's in the kitchen. She's not in a kitchen cupboard. We couldn't find her anywhere. And, and it got a bit panicky, because we're thinking, you know, we've only just got this dog. And eventually we found her... Um, in there. Can you see her? <laughs> She'd nestled in <laughs> with the shoes. I'll just give you scale. Those are kids' shoes. so She's quite small. Um, I lose things quite easily. That was a, that was a surprising one. Um, I don't know if, you, if you're anything like me, you'll, you'll lose this next item on the screen as well. Um, I lose this more than anything I've ever owned, I think. And I am um, constantly saying to Hannah, where... <laughs> where is my charging wire? Partly because I think she might have borrowed it, but partly because I've probably just brought it in from the car or something and then not remembered where I put it. But then what happens, I don't know if this is just me, well, then what happens is I say, where is it? Hannah will go, I know it is. Uh, She'll say, I've seen it. Uh, It's on your bedside table next to your water bottle, uh, and it might be on top of your Bible. And I'll go and have a look upstairs, and I'll be like, no, it's not there. And she'll go, it is there. And I'll be like, no, no, it's not there. I've I've had a look. It's not there. And she'll come upstairs and she'll go, it's there on your Bible next to your bottle. And there it will be. And does anyone find that? Maybe it's a male, female thing, but I wouldn't want to impose gender roles on that. Um, So we all lose things. I lose things quite regularly. Um, Does anybody know what the first question God asks in the Bible is. What is the first question God asks in the Bible? Anyone want to shout it out? Yeah, where are you? And that is what we're looking at today. It's God's search for us as people. The next slide, I think, has the word, uh, the original word for that, ayeka. Uh, That is what God says. In fact, it's the shortest question in the Bible, ayeka. Where are you? This question doesn't relate to geography. It's not about where where are you actually in you know in the world. Are you hiding somewhere? He does say that. Where are you hiding? But that question, ayeka in the Hebrew, is not talking about physical place. It's where have you gone in relation to me? Where are we? Where are me and you? What's happened here? It's more that kind of question. And we see this in Genesis 3, uh, 1 to 13. So I'm going to read that now. uh, God has uh, made the world. He's made man and woman, and they're in the garden, and they're enjoying everything. And then we have this bit. Now the snake was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. The woman said to the snake, we may eat from the fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the snake said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be Like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Ayeka, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman put it. The woman put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, "What is this that you have done?" The woman said, "The snake deceived me." and I ate it." I wonder what you think of that dialogue, that tone of voice even, that God might have used, that the, the Lord God, as He was walking in the garden, what tone of voice did He use when He says, "Aeka, where are you?" Was he angry? Was he confused? Was he impatient? Because if you remember, it's not about where they actually physically were. God didn't ask Adam and Eve, I echo, where are you, for their benefit, for for his benefit. He was God. He knew where they were. He is everywhere. He's omnipotent, omnipresent. He's okay. He knows where they are. So he's not gone, ah, where have I lost that fella and that woman that I made? They always keep running off. He's not confused. So, he asks the question for their benefit. They need to be asked the question. And it's such an important passage because we all need to be asked that question. In fact, through all of Scripture, God is asking his people, Ayeka, where are you in relation to me? And he's asking that to us today. So, If uh, in the garden they discover they're naked and they feel uh, embarrassed and they're aware of the fact that something's not right here, they're aware of the fact that they've done something that they shouldn't, they're afraid that God is maybe going to be cross, I don't know, they've hidden, I think it's because they've become self-aware. And I want to ask us the question, why do we hide? Why do we want to hide away from God? What, what makes want to do that? As we become more self-aware of our human state, of the fact that all of us get it wrong all the time, we're always making mistakes, we sin, however you want to phrase it, we mess up, we get it wrong, we do things that aren't perfect. Um, we, we, we're embarrassed and we want to cover it up, but opening ourselves up to God feels scary even though we know his tone of voice is kind. His tone of voice is loving. He is warm towards us. Even though we know it, and even though we might have experienced it many times, it still feels a bit scary to open ourselves up to him. Um, just recently, uh, last week, even in fact, I went to the snooker that was on in York. Uh, went and watched the semi final day uh, with a couple of mates, and we see each other sort of once a year and catch up and watch a bit of snooker. It's really good fun. So, uh, we were watching the first session and then we went out uh, for the afternoon break and it was, it was really full in the barbican, in the, in the arena, totally full and uh, the frames finished and the players went off and we were getting our coats on and we were sort of in the middle of one of those big rows, so then you're, you're kind of edging towards the end of the row and I just saw on the floor an iPhone 7. So I, put, I just picked it up like that sort of thing. Looked at it, it's turned off, and honestly, in the, in the briefest of moments, I thought about stealing it. So I don't know whether you, if you have this sort of thing, I, honestly, I get tempted to steal stuff all the time. <laughs> this, this is confession day, isn't it? Un, unlike Rachel, I tend not to act on that. Uh, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that wasn't fair. Um, so, but, yeah, so I don't steal, but I do get the little urge. It's almost just like when I was a boy with the sweet shop and you're tempted to just, you know, a couple of cola bottles. So I saw this, uh, this iPhone, and I'm like, I could keep that. They'll never know. Everyone's basically gone. We're the last ones. But this happens in a nanosecond. And then I thought, no, no, there's absolutely no way I'm doing that. I'll hand that in. And then I said to the guys I'm with, I got really tempted to nick this. And they were like, well, you would have got absolutely done because it's got a little tracker in it and they would have got you and then you just would have gone to jail. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that would have been bad, yeah. So I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> but as I, thought, as I thought about it, I had, a, I had a prayer time the next day and that memory came up. And I just thought, oh, Lord... I, what, what is it in us that makes us want to do that? What is it? Uh, we're okay. We're, we're not struggling. Don't worry about us. We're not needing to go on the rob to make ends meet. We're doing okay, and we can pay our bills. So it's not that. It's just that I, something in us is often gaining. It's wanting more, and an opportunity comes along, and we want to better the situation that we're in somehow if we think we can get rich quick or something. So whether it is to increase our standing in the world or build a bit more of an empire for us, uh, whether it's power or riches, um, we, do get, we all get tempted. And in that moment, I, then I'm, I was also preparing this talk, and I felt God say, "Hi, Hayekka, where are you? Where have you gone? What's, what's happened? Why, why do you want to nick someone's iPhone? Um, and in that moment, uh, I have a choice. So we're going to look at why do we hide and how are we found? Firstly, why do we, why do we hide? And when we become uh, self-aware, and by that I don't mean you know doing a Myers-Briggs course. I'm not try, trying to talk about that sort of thing, that sort of self-awareness. When we become aware of the fact that we're naked, that, that, that we're unprotected, that we don't get it right, when we're aware of that, we have some choices. Either, and I would suggest... This is, on the left, is what most, most of us do most of the time. And I'm not for a moment saying this is what the world does on the left and that's what Christians do on the right because that's not the case. This is what a lot of us do on the left here. We get used to it. We get used to the fact that we haven't got it all right and we, we mess up, we sin, uh, and we don't get stuff the way that we would like to and we, and we get used to it. We write a new narrative ourselves. We have a cover-up story that allows us to explain why we have done things in certain ways. The alternative to that is being fully open to God uh, and His mercy, but that means being vulnerable. That means opening ourselves to Him fully and saying, I just did this. So, in the response then, these three words on the right are helpful to us. This is a bit of a dialogue that goes on uh, with God and us when something like this happens, when we become self-aware, and all of us do at some point. So when God says, Ayeka, where are you? Where have we gone? What's happened here? Our response can be, "Henenai," which is, here I am. This is where I am, God. I don't have anything to hide. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I feel rubbish. I tried to nick an iPhone. I don't know why. Here I am. And his response is this is These are the Hebrew words in the Bible. Um, and that means I see you. So it wasn't the Avatar film that invented it to start with. God actually had already thought of that. He says, I see you in response to us. When we say, here I am. I see you. Why does he say that? Because ultimately, I believe, the His desire, his heart's desire, is for us to be known and seen by him and for us to know and see him. As we, that picture in Eden of them walking in the cool of the day in the garden together, people and God, they knew each other and they saw each other. It's difficult now, isn't it, in the position we are in now to know God fully. We forget him really easily. And it's difficult for us to see him all the time because we see so much other stuff and we don't always see. And We, don't, we have to rely on faith. And one day as it is all reconciled, as Jesus returns and, uh, in, in a new heaven and a new earth, then we will fully see and we will fully know God and be seen and known by him. But this little dialogue is something that I think we can use when we're thinking about our, God's search for us and then our response to it. Because we've got to know what to do with that, the fact that God searches for us. Throughout the Bible, um, we see uh, God searching for people. So the next screen will give you that. Um, the life of the story of Abraham uh, is God's search for one person who is righteous, one person who could speak for him. It's a search, even with Abraham, for some righteous people in a terrible place in the world. And, and Abraham is searching for them with God. And the life of Moses is God's search for his people who are lost in exile. The story of Elijah is God's search for his people's undivided attention. And it kept getting drifting and divided into all sorts of different false gods. The life of Samuel is God's search for the ear of a man who will speak to him, speak for him. And the life of David is God's search for his people's heart of worship. He wants people to worship him. In other words, to know him and to see him and to be known and seen by him. The, message, uh, the life and message of all the prophets, in fact, is God's search for a faithful people. But the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a full picture of God's search for us. It's the arc of Scripture as it bends towards Jesus Christ. Throughout, the, throughout all of our Bible, throughout the Scripture, we are seeing this time and time again, God being willing to go to us as people, saying, Ayeka, where are you? And inviting our response, Henanai, I am here. To which he replies, Yodea, I see you. Um, a few years ago, uh, I, uh, I was quite unwell and lost quite a lot of weight rapidly. Uh, in fact, I lost three stone in three weeks, which is not a great way to diet. Anyway, uh, I lost my wedding ring. Next picture, thanks. Um, and uh, that's that's just a google image don't we? that's not actually uh, that's i mean why do you need to be reminded what a wedding ring looks like but there you go that's what I re- that's what it looks something like that and i lost it while gardening uh, i think i was doing a hedge and it just and then realized later on that day i'm not wearing it it's obviously fallen off in the garden uh gutted totally gutted prayed about it and um we just haven't found it, so a little while after the illness, Hannah bought me another wedding ring, so I have one now, it's very similar. Um, But I did read a story, and you'll see this here, of somebody who'd lost a wedding ring in the garden and then, I think 16 years later, found it on a carrot in the garden. Um, And I'd clearly lost it uh, gardening or something, and then the the, the carrot had come up with the wedding ring. I mean, that's pretty incredible. So, we we were pretty emotional about um, having lost this ring, but probably Hannah was less impressed when she discovered I would planted two thousand carrots on our back lawn. But um, I, I obviously haven't done that. Um, there's a story, story, a little bit like that, isn't there, in the Bible? Jesus talks about uh, three different types of searches: the search for the lost coin, uh, and the lost sheep, and the lost son. Um, that sheep's at it, basically, hasn't it? I mean, <laughs> There's good shepherds, and then there's... Anyway. <laughs> but in the, in the, 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 good, uh, the lost coin, uh, the lady is looking for ages, like me looking for this uh, ring on a carrot, being willing to do anything, and eventually she finds it, and there's a big party. Then there's the lost sheep, and there's 99 in the fold, but there's one that's still lost, and it's like barring away, tied up to some bramble or on a crazy rock. And the good shepherd goes out and finds it, and then he's like, yes, absolutely delighted, party time. Lost son, uh, those stories often told together. Off, out he goes partying with uh, his mates, having taken the, his inheritance, and then... Uh, realizes he spent it all and wasted it all and what on earth is he doing and so then he ends up coming back and is welcomed home uh, by the good father uh, and the prodigal son as it's as it's often referred to as is welcomed home uh, and it's and this is jesus saying this is a picture of how god is with you as people this is this is what he wants you to know he knows you're a bit lost he knows you don't know where, quite what's happened and why you where you are where you are and he is saying, echo where are you? And all you need to do as the prodigal son does is return and say, oh, I've got no idea why I did that or why I was tempted to live like this. But Hen and I, here I am. And the father says, I see you. I'm delighted that you're home. And it's important that we know that tone of voice is kind, isn't it? Because even though we know it, we sometimes think, hear maybe other people's voices, whether it was a headmaster's voice or a firm teacher or even a parent or a grandparent, and we, we think that God's cross with us, and we think He wants to, you know, tell us off, um, but it's not the tone of voice that we see time and time again in Scripture. Also, Jesus, when He tells those three stories, He's telling it in the presence of Pharisees and teachers of the law who are trying to trip him up, they're trying to catch him out and trying to, trying to trick him. And so he tells this story to say, no matter how much you've messed up, because they're going, look, he's eating with tax collectors and all sorts of rubbish people. And he's saying, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've got it messed up, God is saying, Ayeka, where are you? I want, I want to rebuild this bridge of relationship. And then he tricks I think, the uh, Pharisees by saying, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. And, and I think he does that to trick them in a sense because he, say, he doesn't say, by the way, and this is how it's often used, Um, When somebody says, I will follow Jesus and be baptized, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven, although that's how we often use it. I'm sure there's a lot of rejoicing at that point. He says, when one uh, sinner repents, then over one righteous person who doesn't need to repent. But all of us need to repent. And whenever we do, there's a lot of partying that happens in heaven, isn't there? In fact, that's a consistent pattern throughout Scripture and throughout these stories, is there's a search, and then there's a finding, and then there's a party. And that's basically the rhythm that happens very regularly with God. He's saying, I'm looking for you, Ayeka. And and I, here I am. Yodea, I see you. Let's have a party. So are you searching? What are you searching for? Are you willing to be found by God this Christmas? Are you hungry for purpose? Are you seeking happiness, longing for love, Maybe you're looking for meaning and identity, or maybe you're just tired of searching. Well, the good news is you can relax. You can know that you have a God who is searching for you, a creator God, Yahweh, and you need to respond. He is looking. Your invitation is to fall into his arms like the prodigal son into the father's arms and say, here I am, And and I. So, where are you hiding? Whether it is in temptation, whether it's uh, sadness, darkness, vulnerability, or or shame. Maybe you have run away from your faith. Maybe you've moderated your prayers because you've not seen them answered fully. God is inviting you. Where are you? Ayeka. Maybe it's at work. Maybe work is a hard place, and it's difficult to reconcile your faith and where God is. Maybe it's at the gym, and you feel like you're in a world of comparison. Maybe it's in your family, and you're not quite sure where your place is, or you're not quite sure the direction of where that's going. You have an invitation today, and always, to respond to God's question, Ayeka, where are you? And how do you bring this conversation into your Christmas time? Maybe, maybe there's going to be a difficult family member. We all have them, don't we? Um, maybe instead of hitting them overhead with a frying pan, you are going to be able to respond to God's invitation. where are you? What's happened here when you find yourself fuming? Whether it's leading to, whether it's sadness leading to self-pity, you're tempted to um, self-sabotage or despair. There's an invitation. Ayeka, where are you? Where have we gone? Maybe it's overindulgence that leads to bad choices at Christmas. Ayeka, where are you? May your response be Hen and I. Can you uh, come up and lead us the band that would be great. Um we're going to sing good good father because that's who he is. And who we are in relation to him is his children. And may your heart hear God's response, Yodea, I see you. I know you. Shall we stand? Father God, thank you for searching for us. Even while we were far off and partying to oblivion, even when we denied you, even when we journeyed further from you, you searched for us, saying, Ayeka, where are you? And today our response is, Hen and I, here we are, Lord. And We anticipate your response, Yodea, I see you. We were lost, but now we are found.